The following podcast contains potentially massive spoilers for the movie referenced in the episode title. If you have not yet seen this movie and wish to be surprised when you do, consider yourself warned and turn back now. Hello and welcome. We are back. That's right. A brand new episode of Schlock Till You Drop. Hubba hubba, we are doing without warning, as promised. I'm going to read, we, we had to find this on YouTube. I'm going to read the title card that was before this movie on YouTube, because this is hands down the greatest description of a movie I think I've ever read anywhere. Without warning, movie, science fiction, 1980, starring Jack Palance, Martin Landau, and Tara Nutter. Something alien flings flying flat things which stick to earthlings and slurp them dead. Damned if that's not an accurate description. <laughs> oh my god, I love this movie. But wow, <laughs> this this movie. Holy crap. Um uh. it, I know for myself, I took note of the fact this is 1980. It was a TV movie. I'm kind of taking that into consideration with my thoughts on this, but this is very interesting. Uh, Mike Lombardo, who we just aired the interview with over his movie, White Doomsday, when I was telling him we had this up and coming, he described it as the pre-Predator Predator. And that is a very apt description. If yes, you've seen is. Predator, you've seen this, except you ain't seen nothing because you didn't see the one with Jack Palance in oh. it. Jack Palance, a man's man. Man, Jack motherfucking Palance, man. <laughs> I, I don't care. Nothing stops Jack Palance. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, if it wasn't for Jack Palance and Martin Landau, this movie would be, yeah, it'd be horrible. Way worse. Oh yeah, was, yeah. No, this was is this, this start off really slow, really bad. It does. It has a slow start and a very tropey start. <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine the trope. Especially, I mean, this came out in 1980, so this is one of the forerunners, one of the things that was setting the tropes that are so common in movies nowadays. But if you can imagine it, it it was on full display here Uh, with the the idiot Cub Scout leader who talks about how the stream flows into the lake, which flows into the ocean. (laughs) And I genuinely don't know if that was an attempt to make him bumbling or if that's just what they thought yeah, <laughs> i mean it's yeah like an uh an over masculine dad with his over effeminate hippie like son and they both get you know murdered straight off the bat and just everything <laughs> is a trope um you know the four kids headed out to the lake you know oh yeah to make out um and all i mean it is all just trope 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 trope, trope. oh yeah showing uh, up at the deserted looking gas station and and basically going to steal the gas, and then the creepy people show up in the gas station. Jack fucking Palance. Jack motherfucking Palance. And and <laughs> just the whole thing. It, like, well, yeah, and Martin Landau is hiding in the bathroom. <laughs> this is true. Martin Landau is hiding in the bathroom <laughs> for whatever reason. Well, I think in the mirror you see him come out of a stall, so we can assume he was actively using it. But still, that was a creepy... Landau does crazy. <laughs> he does crazy well. Yeah, he's crazy as shit in this movie, man. Wow. Yes, How crazy. But I enjoyed it. I hated the shit of this movie for the first 40 minutes. 30, however long it took for the two of them to share screen time. Yeah. yeah. After that, love it. 
Love it. Yeah. Once the, once yeah, once it starts going, it goes pretty good. And you know, one thing that I really noticed about this movie, if you overlook the the poo poo caca acting, right? <laughs> and I should clarify that the the bad acting from the younger cast members, right, right. Now, we as we mentioned as we were watching the movie, I think Joe, you mentioned it. You know, the, the movie is filmed with a very 60s sensibility to it. And these are two actors that got, you know, came up in the 60s. And the acting that they display would not be out of place. Correct. Absolutely not. And, you know, viewed through that lens, it's superior acting. It's fantastic acting. I would, you know, if I saw this in a Hitchcock film, that that level of acting, you'd call it genius. Right. Exactly. You know, the younger cast, a lot of their line readings and things like that are very stilted. Right. Very emotionless. And it, it 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 plays like the B movie that it is, and you have no problems accepting that this was a TV movie because it has that feel with their with their acting. But Palance and Landau both, no, they own the movie. They own it. I mean, they they eat is. that scenery like it's freaking candy. Oh my god! Yeah, I kind of wish the director would have kind of clamped down on the fact that they kind of uh, wanted this to maybe be a '60s throwback. Yeah, and just kind of framed it as such instead of trying to make it modern. I can see that. I can see them trying to go that they, route. Uh, they failed there. Yeah. Yeah, the catch with that is, I don't think in 1980 they were doing very much of the nostalgia movie. Mm-mm. I know, but... That didn't come back until the, the 90s. I mean, this guy made Satan's Cheerleaders, John. Oh, I, see, I, I didn't realize... <laughs> I didn't look at some of the director's other credits. Uh, the director t- for this movie was uh, Graydon Clark. Uh, I didn't look up any of his any of his credits, mm-hmm. but... Okay, if this guy made Satan's Cheerleaders, then yeah, yeah okay, right? he was already making throwback movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so shout out to the Predator, right? Yeah the the alien in this movie was played by the exact same person who played the Predator, which is yeah. exceptionally fitting. Yeah. What was the name? Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, Kevin Peter Hall. Exceptionally fitting that that he played both roles because. It was the same role, effectively. Pretty they much. different, but that was about it. One of the things I really noticed about this movie, too, the makeup effects were actually pretty spot on for 1980 and what they had to work with. For um, 1980s TV, especially the little starfish thing. Yeah. The, <laughs> they were really good. Yeah. The alien was kind of run-of-the-mill gray. It, it yeah. was, but it looked decent. And looking at it, there's a reason it looked decent, because Rick Baker, special makeup effects uh, legend, uh, did the mask. Nice. And he, he worked on the makeup effects for this movie. Visual effects, however, <laughs> again, we're back in the 60s with those. Right. I mean, yeah. we're looking at Star Trek, you know, shit on a string being yeah, yeah, twiddled yeah. in front of the camera. <laughs> or the alien just underhanded, hu- underhand hucking those little... Uh, Whatever they are, starfish. Yeah, but I mean, to be fair, that made the alien a little creepy to me, where he was just kind of casually tossing these things. It, uh, it, it had a creepy that aspect. That last scene, it. though, with Jack Palance just getting hit by those things oh, was just hilarious. Oh <laughs> Let's just say this. <laughs> okay, so, good. so for what we've seen in this movie so far, folks, everybody who gets hit by one of these starfish is dead. Oh, done. Yeah. Every. Body. The first two kills in the movie, it's one hit dead. One hit dead. The only people in this movie who took multiple starfish is Martin Landau. <laughs> who took two. Who took two. And Jack Palance, who took 
one. Well, two. let's see. He had the one that he had taken before that he cut off his arm and he told us about. Right. Then he had the one we watched him cut off of his leg. leg. <laughs> then after cutting it off of his leg, he hucks it back to his house, uh-huh. picks up a crate of fucking dynamite mm-hmm. and hucks it all the way back to this thing's treasure room. Right. And then takes one to the chest. Yep. One in which he hucks bag. off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the only reason he could get to the one in the back, he couldn't reach it. <laughs> only and reason. And he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go down like an American. And, and he man. runs after it screaming, <laughs> alien! Oh. And oh my God. That was an American moment if I ever saw one. <laughs> that was a true American. I think, Mario, I know you and me both saluted him at that. I don't know if Joe did or not, oh but we both saluted the screen. We when had he did to. That. We, it was so American. That man went down. The star saying the star and the kicker is the alien done. did not kill Jack Palance. No, he did not. The explosion that killed the alien <laughs> killed Jack Palance. At least we're assuming this. We didn't <laughs> see the end credits because the next scene after he should have been Jack Palance standing up and walking, dusting himself, dusting off. himself off, walking out of the ashes. Yeah, yelling at her for not blowing up sooner. <laughs> But like I said, one of the things that I really noticed about this, the story itself isn't bad. I mean, it's yeah, it's Predator. It's yeah. Predator. But this is Predator consider, before Predator. Yeah, but this came before Predator. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not hard to imagine the screenwriters for Predator having watched this movie and said, you know, that story's pretty good. Let's just... Yeah, well, it's the most dangerous game, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... Yes. Yeah, it, it's hunting humans. Yeah, yeah. And, but the story itself is pretty good. And even the way it's told here, you know, let's not take the predator variant of it, but just look at how it's told here. Mm -hmm. The story itself, yeah, it's tropey at the beginning, but honestly, what movie doesn't have a lot of tropes in it Mm -hmm. anymore? It's actually told fairly well. I was totally believing the actions, at least, Mm -hmm. of almost every character in here. I was down with a lot of characters. The only thing I that threw me for a loop. It's been a while since I've seen it, but don't the Martin Landau is going crazy, or where he snapped. His his snap does seem a little extreme. That was that was very extreme. Very. Quick. But I'm also having a hard time determining what of that was story, and what of that was Martin Landau. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, <laughs> his, his decision when to play the lines. I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to maybe the script and maybe a different way he could have interpreted it. Yeah. So yeah. it could have been his interpretation, his choices he made as an actor. And let's be realistic. Smart Landau, it's not like the director is going to go, uh, no, buddy, don't do that. Yeah, need another take. Smart Landau said, go fuck yourself, buddy. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, and it was made for TV and it was made for $150,000. So there was no reshoot on yeah, this. Yeah, no, I mean, there we were looked, zero reshoots. You can definitely <laughs> tell that. We, we looked at this. I mean, it was very, very obvious that it was one or two cameras through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, stop there. Cameraman, move around in front of him. Now we're going to cut that angle as he continues yeah, walking. Yeah, obviously trying to save film. Yeah. Um, very few insert shots. Very few, yeah. Um, Usually, if there was an insert shot, it was something to do with the visual effects. It was something like the, the starfish thingies flying through the air or right. something along those lines. Yeah, a lot of reused shots of the starfish flying, it seemed yeah, like. Yeah, so. yeah. Which... The movie set it most of it at night, and it's on TV. It's old. It's it's very dark and hard to see it. So 
yeah, you can get away with that oh, fairly absolutely. easily. It's old, old trick, old technique. Exactly. Very well used. I mean, as much as it always is. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about the 60s thing. Again, that 60s sensibilities. Yeah, And I think absolutely. that's ultimately the biggest thing we can say about this movie is there were a lot of 60s sensibilities on display here. Mm-hmm. Down to the pacing, in fact. Exactly, yeah. That, Very Hitchcockian pacing. Right, because I would have been, had I been the director, I would have cut out a lot of the scenes in the house in the center of the movie there or near the end. Yeah, near the Shorten beginning that of Act 3, yeah. I create a lot more tension. I probably would cut out a lot of the scenes where you see the alien like stalking them. You see from the alien point of view. I guess is what that was supposed to be. Yeah, the the shaky cam, the POV shaky cam. shot. Yeah. You don't really need a lot. Not of Not really shots. shaky cam because I can't. Well, yeah, because they weren't. Yeah, I can't ahead. think that they were making the movie at the you know after yeah. Evil Dead right. at the same time. Yeah, maybe. Those, those POV sequences didn't do a lot to build tension. No, they, they, they didn't. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. If they actually broke the tension, exactly. Yeah. If they would have left, if they would have cut those out. And just kept going to the scene, pretty much making it where we weren't sure what was going on. Keep it from the main character's point of view. Yeah. And then when something actually happens to the main characters, now we're in the same point of view as them. Yes. Yeah. I, that would be absolutely. Different. Yeah, this, yeah. This could have used a better touch of editing. Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like for those shots, they were relying more on the music to build the tension yeah. and not the shot itself. And it created that disconnect that snapped you out of it and you know, it broke the tension. It yeah, did. absolutely. They could have cut a lot of that and I yeah. think it would have made it Which, you know, the, the music thing is a cheap TV trick from the 80s that we saw a lot of oh, in, yeah. in those 80s action television shows. Oh, absolutely. Like the, the A-Team. And, and, and make no mistake, this is a sci-fi like movie. This has horror elements. But this is very much a made-for-TV action movie. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's pure and simple. There's, There's no other way to look oh, at it. Oh, it starts like an episode of MacGyver. I mean, with the it title really card. Does, you know? yeah. <laughs> the very basic title card. Yeah. Um, but again, low budget, 1980. I yeah. mean, that mm-hmm. everything you're looking at screams low budget. In fact, I think I read it was $150,000 budget, 75000 of which went to Landau and Palance for their salaries. <laughs> it makes sense. So they made this movie for $75,000 well, in 1980. Well, right. I gotta, I gotta That's say, damned yeah. impressive. Right. It's 1980. How much better of this movie would have been with Richard Dean Anderson? Just say, just think about it. Just a young Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah. A young Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, well, he's been... like, what is he like? Three years away from doing MacGyver. MacGyver came out in eighty. Maybe maybe it was eighty five. It was yeah. mid eighties yeah. for MacGyver. Five. Yeah, but, but yeah, still, he's not that. I mean, well, I mean, hell, we had David Caruso, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, randomly was the. For Ginger. about for about twenty five minutes, we had David Crusoe. Yeah, yeah. maybe a, forty. I mean, I mean, if you include uh, the knows? body shots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was dead a lot. Is that different from any of his other roles? Oh, <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually like David Caruso, even if he does play the same character every time he is on screen. Uh, hey, you get you get typecast for a reason. That's mm. true. But uh, yeah, the movie actually has. A lot going for it. I mean, I'm looking at IMDb. They've only given it a 5.1 out of 10 rating. But I've got to think a lot of that is modern moviegoers expecting a modern cinematic experience when they're watching this. And that is not what you're going to get when you watch this. Like I said, you you have to kind of coach it in the fact that you're watching a movie from 1980 that was made for TV. Yeah. You are not getting a cinematic quality movie. I generally did not realize, like, when I, the multiple times I've seen this, I did not know it was made for TV movie yeah. until this time of watching it. <laughs> oh, but yeah. actually, I think that works to its favor in a degree because you lose some of the horror tropes that were gaining steam in the 80s. Mm. Like, you can't do the excessive gore because right. you couldn't get away with that on television in 1980. You can't rely on 
sex selling. You don't have sex scenes. You don't have the nudity. Mm -hmm. um, you have a little bit of implied uh, bikini. Uh, yeah, there's some titillation, certainly. Yeah, there's some titillation. There's there's some implied undress, but there's definitely no nude shots or anything like right. that. Not even a naked back, which... Yeah, right. You know, true. I remember growing up as a kid and first hitting puberty watching TV. That was the big thing. You see the bare back, you see the pants at the floor, and you're like, oh, she's naked. Yeah. And it, you didn't even get that in this. Yeah. So it, it definitely, because it had to avoid some of those crutches that a lot of 80s movies held on to, I think that actually strengthens it some. Well, because they had to yeah. rely more on storytelling. The uh, the level of the acting from the older cast in the movie really elevated the material to a point it did. where yeah, where it could have been without it. And this movie is not as good as it is without it. Period. No, absolutely not. If you put a cast of total unknowns in this, which is fairly common practice in TV movies, right. or maybe they've done a few TV shows or something, it's not going to have the same. It's not going to be as enjoyable as this was. I mean, this is not a great movie by any stretch, mm. but it is definitely an enjoyable movie. Yeah, and I think if you're a fan of horror movies, you're going to like this a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you, I mean, if you sit your partner down with you and, you know, force them to watch it on movie night, they're going to hate you for it. Oh, yes. That's definitely yes, yes, not, they are. They are not, not <laughs> going to be happy with you at all on this one. Yeah, this is not exactly a date movie. This is a kickback with your buddies and a couple of beers movie. Yeah. Um, in the best sense of that particular thing um because even us ripping on it and and kind of making fun of it as we watched it you know mystery science theater style we weren't really saying anything super bad about it we were more poking fun of the time period and yeah. the the aesthetics of that particular time period than the, we were decisions characters were making <laughs> which but which are Still well, believable for the most part. Uh, it's for films like this that we started this podcast no, in the first no, place. It is. No, no, no. I am arguing that point right there. There is nothing, nothing believable about what happened in that house. The whole house. Oh no. Okay, no, I'll I'm grant no, you the house no, sequence. That, I, no, no, no I, I surrender that point. The house Jesus. sequence. You are absolutely. Well, I think we correct. already agreed the house sequence was kind of pedantic. Is that the word? Yeah, that's a good word yeah. for it. It, it. It was totally unnecessary. Um, it provided a lull to start act three that it didn't need. Yeah. And that was also the one time they relied on the cheap cat came out jump scare. Oh yeah. That was, it's like it was shot by a different director. Yeah. Well, and for God's sake, that cat, what the hell kind of, for that matter, any of the ADR in this movie, <laughs> right. there was so much additional oh, dialogue goodness. recording in this. Holy crap. And bad yes. additional dialogue recording screams that are overly loud, not coordinated to what's happening on screen. A cat that sounds like it had one of those starfish things stuck to its ass as it ran out. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is you have an issue with the sound quality. <laughs> I have an issue. No, I, the, most of the sound in the movie was fine. I have an issue with, with the, the ADR, ADR and the overdubbing that they right. did to fill in gaps. And, yeah. and that, oh, Jesus, come on. Whoever did the Foley work on this. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Give me a break. The alien noises were just, it, it sounded like a walkie-talkie almost. Uh, yeah, that crackly weird, noise. Yeah, I hated it. It was kind of stereotypical for an alien's presence as well, but he not even done it. Not even done right. It felt like right. a. It just felt that whole bit was a MacGuffin to me. It was just like, oh look, well radios don't work. Oh look, the compass doesn't work, and it doesn't explore more about that. Yeah, like, why even put that in there? They don't stuff explore like that. Frustrated the hell of me because this could have been really good. Right, but here's I the mean, thing in science know, fiction movies. If you look at sci-fi movies from the seventies and the late sixties. 
that's a standard sci-fi trope oh, is that the compass yeah. goes wonky and electronics don't work like they're supposed to. Even the light flickering when they first go into the house can be attributed to more of the same. It's just the director couldn't decide if he was making a 60s movies or an 80s, 80s movies. That's what it boils That's down to. That's the problem. Yeah. And you, like I said, the, sens- the stuff that held that 60s sensibility worked. The stuff that was trying to be modern or 1980s modern. Yeah. That's where the movie struggled a lot, I think. Um, even the relationship between the, the father and son at the very beginning. That was not an 80s relationship between father and son. That, that was, was a hippie generation. Yeah, it was absolutely a hippie generation relationship. Yeah. Late 60s style movie. Yeah. Oh, or the father yeah, was that, trying to get the son to go Yeah, along. that was yeah. the flower child. Yeah, versus you know. staunch Republican, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the son throwing his ammo on the ground because we, as all three of us, was like, he's going to need that soon. <laughs> not, well, my whole thing was, dude, shotgun shells cost money. What are you doing? <laughs> capitalist. <laughs> you dirty capitalist. <laughs> No, I just actually had no what it cost to buy shotgun shells. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's no. It's only two. It's still. Nowadays, that's like 10 bucks. Yeah, but back then, it's like probably a dollar. It's probably like a dollar. Yeah, you're, you're right. Well, for that matter, the father being that big of a hunter probably reloaded. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, but let's go ahead and, and go with the personal views on this one. Mario, what do you think? I think it's, I mean... As I said, I was the one that brought this up to y'all. And that's why you went first. That's why I'm going first. I enjoyed the movie. It was a good movie. It was a movie I remember watching when I was younger. And I think one of the reasons, it was one of the movies that actually did kind of scare me because a lot of a lot of the older movies didn't really show children getting attacked a lot. And this one did have the, this the, Cub, Scout have the Cub Scout troop that was... That disappeared. That went Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a, an indication later that they were being rounded up by a cop, but... It's too late for Piggy. We yeah. didn't see it. We didn't see it. So there, there and was we that. never heard that they succeeded, so, yeah. yeah. So, I, in my mind, I think the alien just went up there and went, ooh, whole bunch of kitties, and just hunted them all down. So I, I really enjoyed that. I, Jack fucking Palance, man. <laughs> yeah. He's a true American hero. I think all hero. three of us are going to say something to that effect, yeah. God, him and Martin Landau really do make the movie, so I, I really enjoyed this movie. This was a good movie, in my opinion. <laughs> awesome. Joe? Jack Palance is my number one guy. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to tell you, man, he made the movie. Him and, and Landau's performance. Landau suffered a little bit. It felt like at the beginning... He couldn't quite find his place, but mm. by the time you got about halfway through, he once he, he found, that found it. Yeah. yeah, once he yeah once he found where he was going. At the, the at the pub, it was rough. I think at the beginning he they were like you know don't be so crazy, just bring it back. And he's like okay, but I'm playing a crazy character, right? He's like yeah, but just don't do it so much. He's like yeah, okay. I think he so was. Try- I think he may have been trying to put a hint yeah. that he was crazy Beforehand. in there. And I absolutely think this movie was shot in sequence. Uh, it oh, more feel, than likely. Yeah, yeah. The way it, way it plays, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the way it plays with the acting, I'll agree with that. Yeah, because even by the end, the the younger actors that were rough with their delivery yeah, the, at the, the beginning the... were better by the end. What was the the? I'm sorry, the, the actress's name. I um, Tara Nutter. Nutter. Yeah, her. She started emoting more by the time. Yes. The end of it. Yes. You could tell the scene she was in with Palance. He really elevated her performance. He was getting more out of her. Mm. Yeah. And I think maybe yeah. you know, when you work with someone as good as Palance, it's going to force yeah. you to step up your game. And a lot of actors have said that you know there are certain people they love to work with because when that person's on screen with you, they will elevate you. To a higher level, and Palance definitely showed that he is that kind of actor in this yeah, movie. Yeah, because I mean, at the beginning, you know, she's like, "Oh no, we're running to the forest. Oh no, I fell in a hole." 
oh no, my friends are dead. Yeah, I'm her dead. distress at falling in a hole uh, was about as excited as the <laughs> fact that... Uh, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> she did a little bit of emotion. Well, she emoted a little bit in the... I gotta go back to the goddamn house. She, she did a little bit of emotions in the house. And, uh, I will say she had some of her best yeah. performances in that house because her little breakdown over the music box, yeah. for someone who's been running on adrenaline all day their best friend has been killed earlier in the day and they haven't had a chance to mourn them and then that one random thing that sets them off that played perfect that was was the only good scene though from that whole part from the house yeah but i'm just saying her performance in the house was much improved well certainly yeah and i think that is a prime example of it as she hit that point and that grief was totally believable in that Mm -hmm. moment i bought that her best friend just died earlier in the day so yeah that's all we're Whereas the, the fellow there's performance stayed the same throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. He was very... I mean... Wooden? Yes. Yeah. He was very wooden. You could see... You saw... You watched her grow as an actor, and then he didn't so much. No. Which is unfortunate, because... It is. You, know, you want to like him. He's an attractive guy, and you know, but... And he plays a nice guy yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and his performance wasn't especially bad it just was very samey yeah well he, um, considering, especially considering he had a lot of the lines in yeah the he first, had to carry a lot of the dialogue in the first two acts yeah in, in act one and act two he was kind of carrying those yeah. so all right so joe i take it you did enjoy the the movie at least in as far as the palance landau on screen combo yeah i think that uh much like Mario, I enjoyed it in the same way. Uh, this is my first time viewing the movie, mm-hmm. so I don't have the history with it that you do. Mm-hmm. But I'm able to like you know look at it and go, well, those two guys just knocked it out of the park. They elevated the material. Uh, it's very samey story. I mean, it's a classic story. It's the most dangerous game. Um, yep. So, you know, it's safe. It is. So, you know, yeah. I, I But I enjoyed it. I think it's, like I said, you don't want to drag your uh, your partner into it if they're not a horror movie fan. Right. But if you like horror movies, you're going to like this. Yeah, and I'm kind of the same way. This was the first time I'd ever seen this movie, too. Um, we did watch the trailer when Mario first presented it to us, and I really wanted to kind of dig into it at that point. And I may have seen it when I was a little kid. I don't remember. I would have been five when it came out, but I was watching weird shit like this when I was five, six, seven years old, so it, that doesn't really phase me. But... Yeah, I for the beginning of the movie, I struggled with it, kind of like you were saying. It has a very slow start. It, it it does. It takes a while to get rolling. But yeah, once once Landau and Palance made their first appearance, even when they weren't on screen from that point, I was thoroughly enjoying the movie. Um, now they did every scene they were in, they elevated the hell out of it. But the movie for me, actually, once it took off, I, I was thoroughly having a good time with it that's the best compliment you can really give any piece of art is mm-hmm. that you were enjoying it uh, as it was going. So I think we have a first. I think all three of us, well, aside from Avengers, but that's not, you know, I think we have a first and that this is a movie all three of us agree we actually like. I think we all like Zombievers a little. I like Zombievers. Yeah, I think we all like Zombievers. I may have shit on it some, but I shit on everything. Well, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, reminds they, me. You got to clean that up before you leave. Yeah. Not but, uh, done this movie as much. 
Well, no, he absolutely I, I, shit I, on I, this movie. I got out. Yeah, I got out. I got it all out before the podcast, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're gonna. But there were comments like the acting in this is much like a high school play, and yeah. I think we're gonna have to find something that's on YouTube or publicly available and kind of do an MSK three thousand style <laughs> riff tracks type thing for it, and and just kind of record our our react our live reactions to watching it and. Yeah. Uh, well, we can talk about that later. There's a, a couple of other podcasts that do things that are similar, where you just kind of line the time up, yeah, timestamp, yeah. and just go. And we just played the audio, and people can play it like a commentary. Yeah, 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 yeah. I figured there had to be somebody out there doing that. Oh, yeah. yeah, there's lots. As, lots good of God, YouTube is nothing but reaction videos anymore. So. Right. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, let's do the rating, and then we'll take care of some uh, some podcast housekeeping. Righto. So so we can call it. Uh, so. Mario, once again, we'll just make the the circuit around the table again. Uh, what do you think? Leave it ignored or remake it? It's already been remade. It was remade when it made Predator. I, I agree. Predator. So you think we maybe just take remake off the table for yeah, this one because I mean, it kind of has been remade? It, I would take that off the table. All right, then you want to take it or leave it? I'll take it. I mean, I'll still enjoy it. It was still fun. It's still a fun movie. Yes, the first act is slow. But once you once Lando, oh, and you can say once, that with a lot of movies yeah. that the first act is slow. Well, once Lando and uh, Palance get him in there, oh my god, it was just like a wet dream coming through. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, <laughs> Joe, take it or leave it. I like this movie, but as much as I like this movie, I uh, if it faded from into obscurity, I don't think that we would be any less rich as a culture for it being gone. It's it's good, yeah. but it's as good as season three, episode five of the A Team. I mean, you know, it, that was a good episode. <laughs> I don't know what that episode yeah, was. I don't either. I'm just, but she seems, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I know what you're getting <laughs> yeah, at. Yeah. All right. So once again, it comes down to me to make the tiebreaker here. It always seems that we come down to somebody has to break the tie. Uh, especially on these two way voting things. I really, really enjoyed this movie, and I'm really, really glad I watched it. And I wish I knew for a fact I'd seen it as a kid so I could have those memories of having watched it as a kid. That being said, I didn't remember this movie existed before Mario brought it up. And if he had never brought it up, I would have never lost a wink of sleep about it. So, yeah, I would say this is one of those movies, you know, for me... The movie that stands the test of time is the one that you want to rewatch periodically or, or even you finished it. Oh, my God, I'm going to watch that again right now, mm. um, which is rare. This is not one of those movies. This is one of those movies. Yeah, if you get the chance to see it, watch it. If you're flipping through cable at three in the morning and you discover it's on TV somewhere, definitely settle in and, and kick back and have a beer and enjoy it. Um, if you want to seek it out, like I said, you can find the entire movie on YouTube. You know, if you have an evening you want to waste, go for it. But this is not one that, like you said, Predator is the movie that people will remember. Right. And I'm okay with that. So I, I'm kind of in this one. Let, let's just let this one, let this one go too. Oh. <laughs> Doesn't mean I didn't like it. Just my poor movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, y'all kind of butchered sorority babes on me too. So. Hey, hey. <laughs> and that's that still horrible. That movie still has a special place in my heart. 
hated the power of my thousand twisted boners. black little heart. Movie ten thousand boners yeah. <laughs> of hatred. All right. So there, after God, how long did it take us to get this particular episode done? Oh, three months, maybe <laughs> something like yeah. that. Anyway, um, your life kicked our asses hard. It, it kicked it hard. Um. So a little bit of housekeeping. We are going to alter our upload schedule a little bit uh, just to try to make real life accommodating to doing this podcast. Because you know, all of us have full-time jobs. You know, I, I have a full-time job, plus I write. So I effectively have two full-time jobs in addition to doing this. This is fun, but we got to kind of look at the other stuff. So we're not going away. Have no fear of that. What we are going to do is switch to a monthly upload schedule for regular episodes. Uh, for example, we're recording this the last week of August. It will air sometime in September. Um, as we record it, I have finished prepping the Mike Lombardo interview special edition, which you heard a week or two ago. Um, so that I'll wait a little bit and then we'll do this one. Uh, we'll have an October episode. We will also do a Halloween special because, let's face it, yeah, we gotta. The biggest genre we deal with is horror. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you what movie we're doing for that. I will say that it is an '80s classic, and it is. Uh, it does have a very large cult following among horror fans. I will tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's kind of what we're going to be looking at going forward. We do have some things in mind for this podcast, some things that we're going to try to to bring to fruition, uh, kind of keep things a little more exciting for you guys. Uh, we are also working on our format a little bit more. If you have any suggestions for outro music for us, um, please let us know. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Um, we're looking for something. Uh, we're going to keep our, our Masterpiece Theater copyright, trademark, no infringement intended intro that we use. But uh, something to kind of send you guys out would be nice. All right, if you want us all to sit here and sing Happy Trails, you know, Van Halen Diver Down style, we <laughs> we could do that, but you're going to turn it off before we get through the first verse. It's the truth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so and if you've got any suggestions, things you'd like to hear on the show, uh, movies you'd like us to tackle, things like that, Please let us know. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on uh, Twitter. We have a web page where you can comment on these posts. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud. You yeah, know. Wherever you get your great podcasts. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, so if you like it, subscribe to it. If you don't, well... Thank subscribe you. to it anyway. Yeah, subscribe anyway. At just least... delete it when it downloads. <laughs> yeah, it, seriously. You know, yeah, inflate our egos. Yeah. I mean, you know, make us increase our self-confidence, damn it. At least if anything else, thank you for at least listening to this episode. Yeah, it, absolutely. Thank you at least for listening to this one. And uh, for you guys who keep listening to us, thanks for sticking with us. God knows what's wrong with you. Yeah. But uh, you guys need help. Professional <laughs> help. Anyway. Uh, so we will see you again soon. I don't think we have settled on what next episode's movie is going to be, but it's going to be something interesting for sure. Uh, maybe go, well, maybe go something a little lighthearted again. Who knows? We'll see. That was lighthearted. <laughs> that most... was unintentionally lighthearted. It <laughs> was. Uh, the most terrifying movie I can think of would be Sex and the City. We could watch that. Or maybe Bridget Jones' Diary. 
but those might be a little too frightening for this podcast. Can you check? And never mind. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> anyway, thank Over you guys minute. for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.